Good morning to each of you and greetings in Jesus' name. Are you grateful for the snow? Some say yes, some eh, not so sure. For the most part, we are grateful people. To an extent, I will say anyway. But then sometimes when little things maybe inconvenience us or cause a little discomfort, we uh, may not feel so grateful. But also, I think sometimes we feel like that uh, we deserve something. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, we got together with our family and friends and, and we had good family time. We had a really good meal. And then I think about the many people that don't have some of those things. And the day after, uh, well, let me, let me I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I think I'll, the, the title of the message this morning is Gratitude or Entitlement. Gratitude or Entitlement. What is gratitude? Maybe you can help me out. What is gratitude? What is something that, uh, what does gratitude mean to you? Something you're thankful for. Something you're thankful for. Okay. Someone else. Thankfulness that comes from the heart. Appreciation, that's a good word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The dictionary says, this is from Webster's, the quality of being thankful. We know that. It also means readiness to show appreciation, like Sister Carol said. The readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. And I thought that was very good for me. What does the word entitlement mean to you? Entitlement. I deserve this. I deserve this. We have the right to something. Entitlement, again, means the fact of having a right to something. You have in full entitlement to fees that are legally yours. Another synonym would be your right or a prerogative or a claim. It means the amount to which a person has a right, such as your annual leave. You have a right to claim that annual leave from your job. Another one is a belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Now we have, and I'm in this generation too, so we have a generation and so on of people that feel like that we deserve the things that we have. And why do, we just, why do we feel like that? Well, we worked hard for these things. I deserve to do this. 
or I deserve to get this. It entails having special treatment. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is the Old Testament, of course, and I want you to, to follow with me through these verses as I read these verses because I want you to see what God is asking of the children of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Now God is giving them some special commands. He's saying, pay attention, hear this. And then he says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. It has to be here first before it can go somewhere else. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, and when thou shalt have eaten and be full, beware. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now, God was speaking to His chosen people here. And He was giving, some, giving them some instruction about what they were supposed to do about teaching their children about teaching them to love Him. And it says that they were supposed to do many of these things. It says, teach, it's, have it in your heart, teach them diligently, talk about them all the, time, all the day long. And it says, bind them for a sign upon thine hand. You know, we work with our hands, and we see our hands, and they're out before us all the time. Bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as a frontlet between thine eyes, something that is dangling before your eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house. We go to visit our friends and family, and we see on the walls Bible verses and poems and reminders of what Scripture says. Write them upon the posts of thine house and on thy gates. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land. Okay, now I want you to think about gratitude versus entitlement here. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Were these people entitled to this land and these things that God had actually promised them? Were they entitled to that? No? Yes. 
How many feel like they were entitled to this? How many feel like they were not entitled to this? He promised them. Weren't they entitled to it? Think about it. God has promised for us a land as well, heaven. Are we entitled to that? Think about that. But he said, when you get all of these things that I promised, there's something that you are supposed to do. Beware lest thou forget. Now we live in a land of plenty. We have, like in verse 11 here, we have houses full of all good things. Think about what you have in your dwelling, in your home. Did it just happen? Did you work for it? Do you deserve it? Or are you blessed beyond measure? Are you thankful? Wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. And when thou shalt have eaten and be full, how many times have we eaten and are full? And we forget who actually gave us all of these good things. We read in this history of the children of Israel, we see all the mighty works that God had done for them, and we look at these commands that God had given them, and then we walk away on our pleasant way of life, and we forget too. We, th- we consider this a nice little story. But you know, this was, this was shoe leather for these people, these children of God. They walked this walk, this flesh, just like you and I walk this walk in this world that we live in. And we are blessed beyond measure to be able to have Christian homes and teaching and churches and things like that. But what does God want of us today? Do we recognize the needs in our own life and in those around us? Are you any better than anyone else that sits beside you or lives down the road from you or maybe doesn't even have a home at all? Do we remember God when we have houses full of all these good things? Now to my story. The day after Thanksgiving, after we had a very fine day of family and food, I left early Friday morning to pick up our, our venison in Myerstown, up at Loretta Spokes. And that morning when I left home, I looked at, the, looked at the thermometer when I left home, and it was 24 degrees. As I drove up the road, four hours up the road, the further I drove, the more the temperature dropped. And when I got to Myerstown, at Burr Pack that morning, it was 12 degrees. Got out of the truck and it was, it was biting cold. But I had a warm coat. The heater in my truck kept it very t- comfortable. I loaded the meat after we got done with that and turned my GPS on to come home. So I wasn't sure exactly how to get back out to uh, 81. Down the road. And we've been talking at church here about reaching out to the community, to the people in the city here in Harrisonburg.
And so on my way home, now this is Friday after Thanksgiving, on my way home I tried to get in touch with a couple of opportunities here in the city. I called Salvation Army because we had been talking about maybe setting up an iron kettle and making soup for people that maybe were less fortunate. So I called Salvation Army and I got an answering machine. And it said, call this other number. So I called that other number and I got an answering machine. And each time we're closed for the holidays. So nobody was working that day after Thanksgiving, at least at Salvation Army. They may have been available, but I couldn't get a hold of them. After I got back into Harrisonburg, I decided, you know what, I'm going to drive down through town, and I've shared this with Brother John, and I stopped by one of the places downtown where some less fortunate people are to see if maybe I could stop in there, get some information, set up a kettle sometime in the future with the help of you all, and maybe serve some soup to those that are less fortunate. Closed for Thanksgiving. But as I drove up to that spot and I looked at the sign that said closed for Thanksgiving, I noticed that there were some people sitting right around the corner. Three people. And they were sitting on a bench under a little lean-to with a blanket over their laps. So I got out, went to the door. Then I stepped around the corner and talked with these three people. They had on heavy coats. They seemed to be dressed for the cold. But the temperature had risen a little bit. It was not 24 anymore, but it was in the 30s. But I talked to those men. One was 34 years old. No job, no place to stay. Out in the cold. The other man was my age, 52-ish, early 50s. Seemingly the same story. And so as I struck up a conversation with the younger man, I asked him, are you working? Where did you stay last night? And he said, no, I'm not working. Do you have a job? Where did you stay last night? Well, I slept in my sleeping bag in the neighbor's yard. And I said, it was cold last night. He said, I was okay. I was dressed for the warmth. He grew up in one of our local communities. He went to one of the local high schools, but he fell on hard times and some choices that he made in life. But my question is, what am I to do? What are we to do? I don't have a job to give him. I don't really have a place for him to stay. And we can't save the world, if you know what I mean. We can't save the world. But you know, that spoke to my heart because I got back in my warm truck with my coat and I drove to my warm house where my family was and we have food plenty. We have a freezer full of food. I had a pickup truck that was full of venison and bologna and things like that. What am I to do? What are you to do? And I want you to think about this. In James 2 verse 14 it says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith? You know what? I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I've committed my heart to Him. And 
by His grace and mercy, He saved me. I have faith. But it says here, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Is it just in believing? No, it's not. It is doing something about it. Because in the next verse it says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to body to the body, what does it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So what am I to do? Well, I had something in my truck that I could give. And I gave this man a stick of venison. But then I drove away in my warm truck down the road to my warm house with plenty of food. Food in the pantry, food in the freezer. We have friends. We have an amazing church family. You all and our church at Bethany. We have so much. Am I thankful for the blessings and the opportunities that God has given me? And do I use these blessings to reach out to others? And Joe mentioned that uh, I have work to do and he is exactly right. And you know what? All of us have work to do. Because all of us are extremely blessed in our lives and yet often we feel like we are entitled to these things because we've worked hard for them. And you know what? Some of those things we have worked hard for. And I don't dispute that. But what are we doing with these things that we have been blessed with because of our hard work to further the kingdom of God? And I say that to myself, not, not to you, because I'm not pointing my finger at you. I'm simply saying, as Christian people, as people responsible with the Word of God and with the opportunities that God has vested in us, given us, we have a lot of responsibility. But do I remember God? In this Deuteronomy reading, He said, when you have all of these things that you didn't really work for, that I promised to give you, when you have all of these things, don't forget God. Don't forget me. How is it with me? Do I give God glory for who He is? For what He has rescued me from, not only, not specifically, physically, but spiritually. Where would we be without Christ in our lives? Without brothers and sisters that have helped us? Without moms and dads that have taught us? Without schools that we have that teach us the Word of God as well. Do I remember God? What would my life be like had I grown up in that home where that 34-year-old man grew up in one of our communities? 
What would my choices have been like? And I look back at my teenage years and I think, wow, I am so thankful that God in His mercy reached down and invited me to be a part of His family. To be a part of His kingdom. And He changed my heart. And through that changing of my heart, it set me on a course of safety spiritually. But not everybody has that opportunity right at their fingertips like I had. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity that God has given me. Oh, but for the grace of God, would I be just like some of those people downtown that don't have very much. I was talking to some of you all about a man I met at Salvation Army. I finally got in touch with him. He actually called me the other evening. And a couple of us guys were planning to get together from Bethany to go out for breakfast Saturday morning. And so I invited this man along. And he accepted. I went and picked him up. And we spent that morning together at Cracker Barrel. We ate breakfast together. We discussed some fun things. And after that time, we were going to go get in some wood and do some other odd jobs. But you know, we got in the truck and we started driving. And he started sharing about the places he used to be, the family that he used to have, the things that they used to do. And you know, it was amazing because he fit right in my community. He knew the places. He knew the people. He knew those things that are familiar to me. And yet, along life somewhere, somewhere, he fell on hard times. He made some bad choices. He was at one time making $60,000, $70,000 a year, married with a couple of children. They divorced. Through that substance abuse, because of hard times, because of hard choices, through that, he was... went to a place for people that need mental help. But you know what? His life has changed now. He is back on track, trying to make something of his life. And it was encouraging to ride around and talk with this man yesterday to realize that, you know what? He was in a place of what we call privilege. And yet through some choices in life, we would say he fell out of privilege. He fell on hard times and he lost everything. Everything. Oh, but for the choices that we make daily, where will that lead us? Where will that lead me? Don't forget God. Are we thankful for God's saving grace? For being aware that we serve a holy God? Are you truly thankful for the teaching, the opportunity? Or is it something that you deserve? Something that you've worked hard for? Something that you have acquired and it's mine? And you don't have any right to take it away from me? Do we have a sense of entitlement 
Do we justify our wants as needs? And I say this to myself. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 12. This is a very interesting passage. Luke chapter 12. Think about entitlement or gratitude. Luke 12, starting at verse 13, it says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. What do you see there? Did he deserve part of that inheritance? Well, it was probably due him being a son. Speak to my brother. They probably were, quote, equals. But it says, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. But look at the response. And he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Listen to what he said. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to make a judgment call here. You get this much, you get this much. He said, wait a minute. I'm not a judge of this. But he said, this is what I want you to think about. In verse 15, he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Wow. Does that speak to you? It spoke to me. Because you know what? We preach a lot of things. We preach a lot of biblical truth. And we were talking about this at work the other day. We teach that we are biblical people. And yet, this verse right here is something we often skip over or run away from because... You know, this might be a little closer home than we think. It says, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. That speaks to me. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Take inventory of what you have. Take inventory of what we have. We have much. Verse 20 says, But God said unto him, Thou fool this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. Wow. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Do we have our treasures in these earthen vessels, these earthen things? Or are we laying up treasures in heaven that God recognizes as something that is eternal, that's valuable? 
Are we reaching out to the lost and ministering to those in need? I read an article by Kate Parker. It's called Ingratitude. In gratitude. Not ingratitude, but in gratitude. We take for granted the opportunities we have and then dwell and obsess on trivial manner, matters. I'm going to read that again. We take for granted the opportunities we have, then dwell and obsess on trivial matters. We get involved in conversations like that. We dwell on trivial matters when we need to be thankful and grateful for the opportunities God has given us and then put it into shoe leather and do something about it. She goes on to say, by forgetting I have these opportunities, I am behaving with entitlement. I deserve it. Practicing gratitude is more than focusing on what you have. It's about being conscious of the opportunities that are available to you and the blessings you take for granted. Her last comment is, now is the time to stop acting entitled and take stock of all the things that you have in your life and be grateful and be thankful. In Luke 12, the Lord talks about a faithful and wise steward. And He says here in Luke 12 verse 42, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he, shall, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. What has God entrusted you? What has God entrusted me? Am I being a good steward of some of those things? That spoke to me. But as we skim down just a little, as we uh, skip down just a little bit to verse 48 there in Luke 12, it says, For unto him, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. We have been given much. We have been entrusted much. And we are blessed beyond measure. But along with that, we're going to be required more as well. Colossians 3, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Do we feel we deserve the good things? Do we feel entitlement? Or are we truly, humbly grateful? Here's a poem I wanted to read. In closing, <clears throat> in gratitude we gather to seek the Father's face. In thankfulness we offer our worship in this place. We have so many things about that seem to catch our eye. 
The pomp and circumstance of life is often dead and dry. I deserve this or that is not the Christian way. It is of humble service of Christ we should portray. Entitlement is not the means by which we act or feel. Grateful we should always be, for this is what is real. As we go from here this day, let us look to God above and thank Him for His mercy and His everlasting love. May the praise we offer Him today, the Creator, Savior, Friend, be acceptable in His sight and offering just for Him. May we be enabled by the Spirit, by His gifts, by His grace, to be thankful and to reach out to those around us. Lord bless you.